It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 313 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? I want to wish everybody out there. It's Of course, I'm recording July 1st, so happy Canada Day. Uh, and then, of course, on the fourth, for my uh, my folk, my friends down south, Happy Independence Day! So I hope everybody out there enjoys the long weekends. Um, I'm the idiot that decides to work on my long weekends. That's that's my thing. Um, yeah, just in the mornings, but yeah, she is hot out here today, folks. Here in Saskatoon, it is 32 according to my weather chart here, and uh, 32 and mostly cloudy. Oh yeah, well, clouds ain't in front of the sun. I can tell you that because. I was on the deck sweating today. I was going to mow the back lawn here, but I think I'm going to wait for the sun to go down a little bit before we start doing that. So so I figured I will come down here in uh, in the cool, in the central air, here in my palatial estate, and uh, in the fourth line voice offices, and uh, I thought I'd talk to you cats for a little while. Um, I actually wasn't really going to go, yeah, 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 easy for you to say. I actually wasn't going to record today. 
And then I'm thinking, ah, what the, whatever. Like I said, we're killing time. And I'm laughing though. The wife's actually up on the laptop upstairs taking her boat license, uh, boat license test. So, uh, yeah, we got Captain Stubing upstairs. So, uh, I figured I'll come down here while the sun's still out and, uh, do this. Um, I'm not going to talk for long today. Oh, there you go. There's your indication that it's going to be an hour and 18 minutes. Um, no, uh, today I'm going to talk, of course, we'll talk about the NHL draft, um, some enforcer signings and, and a retirement. And, uh, last episode, I kind of went through the toughness of the first round if, in the past NHL drafts. And, uh, I always enjoyed looking back on stuff like that and old records and drafts, etc. And I, I thought afterwards, uh, or I think I was, I was doing it. I was just like, no one's going to give a shit about this. This is, this is about as exciting as, you know, friggin', uh, you know, watching paint dry. But, uh, old Thomas came up, he, he sent me a thing or commented on it and said he really enjoyed it and I should do the second round next. And I said, you know what? As we go through the episodes, I could go round by round. Tommy, oh, you're on to something. I said, well, there you go. See, that's why the, the fourth line. Boy, I have nothing but the best and the brightest listeners. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. And, uh, but yeah. So, damn it, here's my list. i got papers all over here from my little scribblings. Let's get into it, folks. At first, obviously, I always do it at the start here. Get it out of the way. You know, we'll start with the bad news, then we'll get into the good news. Not that the bad news is I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Bad news is kind of who I'm associated with, I think, these days. I don't know, the, you know, you're, you can tell a lot of something by somebody about the people that they hang out with. Yeah, well, I can, I can see where that saying means something. But uh, member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Also, Terry Ryan is a member of the network, as well as old Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast. Oh, yeah, out in North Carolina. He's doing some, uh, the in-laws are in town today, so keep it, yeah, we'll, we'll, everyone pray for Alec. Yeah, but uh, no, he gets along with him. But uh, he's a busy dude. I don't know. There's always something going on with him. I don't know. Although he was on my show the other day. I, I, he won't do his own show, but he'll do mine. So, okay. But um, I know he has recorded an episode with the owner of Hit Club Hockey, who is a merchandise company that is actually, uh, Alec has merchandise now for the Five for Fighting podcast. And uh, he will be talking about that on his episode as well as, um, this guy's sponsoring like minor league players and they're really into it. And it, it's kind of like a violent gentleman vibe, but like with the, for minor league stuff, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Obviously we'll listen to the episode and hear what it's all about, but that seems to be what they're going for, which is cool. So, um, yeah, looking forward to hearing uh, that gentleman's thoughts on things. Uh, oh, boat test must be over. My wife just walked by the window. Um, <laughs> permission to come aboard, sir. Ma'am. Not sir. Ma'am. Um, Anchors, ahoy! No, is it anchors? What? Is, I'm not up. I'm not up to de- I The only thing I know is the poop deck. That's the only thing I know. But um, where was I? Oh, Liz, speaking of poop decks, Lazito. Yeah, Joe, Joe Lazito at the Coliseum Chronicles. Um, he has just released an episode with Burke Casabon. And if anybody's like looking up on Hockey DB, uh, no, he is actually an actor on Shorzy. Um, for those that have watched Shorzy season two is coming out here shortly. But um, season one, when Shorzy's refing the games and he's arguing with the two, like band or the high school kids or whatever, he uh, Burke is one of those guys that argues with Shorzy in the uh, high school games. So um, fun, fun little interview, and uh, yeah, 
And of course, Jolt and Joe and Alec have have tremendous back catalogs that I highly recommend that you check out. And uh, and another thing that Joe is doing, oh Joe, oh Joe, yeah, we do it to ourselves, don't we, sir? Yeah, I I could feel Joe's pain on this. He he's just trying to get he's just trying to get uh, information and and kind of and get some stuff out, get some inf- uh, some data to collect for a future episode. So Joe went in the fight groups and put down his top 10 all-time New York Islanders fight fight list. And then he said, and then he put an email address on and said, please do not co- comment here. Please email me at, like, it's like Islanders top 10 at Gmail or whatever, and write your list and email me your list there. Well, of course, no one could fucking read. So, yeah, they're commenting here and comment, And I'm sitting back. You know, and I'm feeling bad for him, but on the other hand, I'm laughing my ass off because I have done this numerous times where I've I've gone to the fight groups for, uh, you know, make it a little group participation and, you know, morons can't read, there's no common sense. Some guy's in there writing out his list for the Ottawa Senators, I don't know what that was all about. Um, oh yeah, no, and then Joe's like, oh yeah, I've gotten like, you know, three and a half lists emailed to me, and it's just utter nonsense. He's like, "What? What am I doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Um, I have actually asked for help. Um, I think it was when I did the all-time top ten list. I got I got a really good. I almost got like a hundred replies on that. That was really good. And then I think I did like a minor league one. It wasn't bad. I think I got forty or fifty some." Or was it an LA, LNAH one? I don't know. I know I did one and like literally seven people replied. Oh, I mean, three dozen replied in the comment section where I told them not to. And then like, yeah, seven people actually emailed, you know, or, you know, whatever. I remember the number was like really low and I was just like, what the fuck? So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it. I, I don't, I, oh, I don't understand. Like, is it that hard? I don't know. I like, I don't know. This goes back. It, it's like when you ask for this or, oh, like on the shows when I say, oh, can you rate and review the podcast? I don't know. I've been doing it for like five years. I think I got like, I don't know. The one thing I got like 37 reviews. The other one I got like 71. It's like really a hundred and some reviews in like five years. Like, okay, thanks. You know, it, it's just like, it's so easy to do, or on YouTube, I mean, I got 3,000, I got a lot of subscribers on YouTube, but when you just ask, like, there's a lot more people watching the stuff that aren't subscribed, of course, and I don't expect every single person that's listening to subscribe to the channel, but if you're going on YouTube, is it that hard to click the subscribe button? Like, I, I'm, subscri- I'm subscribed to all the, the pages that I like, like, I mean, what what is so hard about that? I don't know. And like, could you not just hit the little thumbs up button on the video when you watch it? You're, it's in your hand as you're watching it underneath. Just hit the thumbs up. That's all you got to do. That's it. Or if you're listening to this on Spotify or on iTunes, just hit the star rating. That's it. It's in your hand already. Like, I, why can't people do this? I was talking to Alec about it. I'm just like, why? And it's like, same thing. When you, you, all these supposed fight fans, and they they listen, and they want to they want to participate, and let's do lists because like believe I understand lists are popular, man. Like my list shows are popular, people dig them and stuff like that. 
So you ask, hey, well, hey, write out your top 10 or top 10 Islanders and here's the email address, just send it to me. Yeah, no, no, can't, we won't do that. Like, are you that busy? Like, what are you doing? Like, for as long as it took you to read that Facebook post, it's going to take you a minute and a half to send that list. And you're helping, and and for someone, and if you apparently like the show so much and everything else, and oh, I'm really looking forward to this episode. Well, thanks, man. I'm I'm glad you are, but you didn't like. Why not help out and send a list so we can add your yours to the? You know, I I don't I don't understand. I'm, I'm well. You can't see me. I'm an but I've just I got my hat. What? I don't I don't get it. Like. If you love the shows so much and you like to participate and like to do lists and talk fights and everything else, help out. Come on. You know, I don't know. If you like a podcast, get, review it. It helps out the creator. As I said, it helps out the content creator. It helps in the algorithms on Spotify and on iTunes. It's the same thing on YouTube. Your help, like, so you like the content this person, and I'm not just saying for me, but for anybody that you listen to, oh, I, and don't worry, Spittin' Chiglets and Rogan and shit don't need your reviews, believe me, they're fine in the algorithms, <laughs> it's okay, they'll be alright, but for the smaller shows, I mean, that's a big deal, and if, and if, for people that claim to love the show so much, for anybody's show, but, but then never review it. Like, never never hit a star rating or never got a thumbs up on a YouTube video. Like, you know, I'm, I'm chastising the group of you here. You know, I, I think it, it would just, it'd be really fucking helpful. And and I felt Joe's pain when he was doing the Islander thing. Like I said, we had, I had some laughs about it. We text back and forth. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's a real frustrating thing. Because you're trying to, trying to get, gain data here and try to... You're trying to engage with people. Like, that's the thing. Like, when I put stuff out on the, on, like, and I'm, I'm just using myself as an example, but when I, when I ask, hey, guys, let's do a top 10, or what are your favorite minor league fighters, or whatever, what's your Mount Rushmore, and stuff like that. I'm not asking for the fucking good of my health here. Like, I'm trying to engage with, with the listeners. Like, People try to get people to either listen to new people to listen to the show or older fans to enjoy a certain like I'm trying to get uh, content that you guys will enjoy and I think when it's content created by other hockey fans I th- I think it's that much more enjoyable instead of just me sitting here spouting off my opinions on things now it's kind of a group opinion and you know we can dissect it from there but and it, but when people don't participate. Or it's the same, like, two dozen guys, which, hey, it's great, I love it, you know, that, that you guys participate. But it's like, can we get others, too? Like, why can't the rest of you? I don't know, I don't understand. I don't know. Like, if I was a member of a group and someone was asking me to do a list and I, and I really liked their stuff, I would do a fucking list for them. Like, I don't know. Eh, whatever. Anyway, rant over. I'm I'm crazy from the heat over here. I'm pissy about things, I guess. But Jolton Joe, Alec, podcast, definitely check them out. Now, <laughs> the NHL draft. Um, I mean, obviously, I didn't I didn't watch the draft. I don't give a fuck. But um, I just I'm. Like, it was obviously, uh, uh, when I was flipping channels, watching the Jays game, whatever, I'd go back and I'd, 
and I'd listen to the talking heads, and it's a bunch of nerds staring at their phones while on TV, and then they got a little fucking quip to say about every guy that's drafted. None of it makes any sense. It's just this cliched bullshit. Like, oh, yeah, and like, oh, I I really like his game and his length. He reminds me, oh, always everybody reminds him of somebody. Yeah, oh, he's got an active stick in the lane. That's what the scouts really like. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, an old... Uh, you know, Valerie here from the the fucking Swedish Modu. Oh, the oh from the blue line in the scouts. None, no, nobody better in the draft class this year. Great hands, big time scorer. Played with Min last year. They show his stats in like fifty eight games, three goals. Yeah, and it's like like my brother brought up, and it's totally true. When you watch the draft, do you ever notice like the the shit teams? Do you want to know why you're shitty? Look at who you're picking. Oh yeah, instead of like, you know, you go with like, was it some freshman that won the Hobie Baker trophy or some, some dub guy with 40 goals and played 82 games, grinded out 60 minutes, had a bunch of fights. Nah, we won't pick him. We'll pick the project. Yeah, we're going to pick the project. Yeah. Oh yeah. He played in the Austrian league last year. He's a big, oh, a rushing defenseman had four points. Oh yeah. And physical 26 PIMS. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It reminds me of a young, real young Scott Stevens. Oh, sure it does. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like on and on. It's just oh, embarrassing. Yeah, like I was just laughing. I was going back and forth with like Harrison Harper, and I'm like, we were just laughing. Like, oh, the NHL draft, every European taken. Oh, scouts love his finish. Great shot. Really competes. You know. And then Harper, oh, so true. I completely lose it. Yeah, kids going to the first first round with two points in a full season in Finland. Yeah, he was playing with men. Oh yeah, skating on a fucking ocean and not getting touched and still couldn't score. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then oh, it's just oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then like I said, and then people just get like oh yeah, the uh, the Ottawa sent oh sends talk here yeah. Oh, the newest senator prospect, Matthew what, Andervovsky or whatever, is an absolute menace. Oh, yeah. I looked it up. Uh, and, yeah, two seasons in uh, in the OHL. Yeah, four fights. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's, a, he's, a, he's just a real fucking killer. Yeah. Yeah, I just love it. Harper's just going nuts on Twitter. Yeah. His production will increase as he has displayed such good habits playing in the top European league. He led the league in clean zone entries after Christmas in the Czech league. Look for him on the come up. Yeah, no, exactly. It's just like, oh, unbelievable. Oh, I love his intensity. He's going to be, he's going to terrify the opposition for years to come, much like he has through all of junior. Yeah, his four career fights in two seasons. Yeah, 138 pims in 112 games. Yeah, real killer here. Yeah. Yeah, he's a power forward that's hard to play against. He's going to be a handful for years to come. Yeah, 34 pims in 55 games in the Swedish league. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's just this, um, just this, oh, 200-foot game. Oh, I love his compete meter. That's my favorite. Compete meter is my favorite. I heard that. It was years ago that I heard it. But ever since then, oh, yeah, every time we're at work and stuff, well, yeah, yeah. Always ask the guy how the compete meter is. You know, how's the motor today? You know, it's like, oh. Just, and I just laugh, like, I mean, I, I guess hockey fans, like, you know, and they're in the fight group and on Twitter, and 
I know guys that listen to this show that still watch the NHL, and that's fine. I don't care that you watch the, I don't know how you can, but you watch the NHL and whatever, and everybody gets hopeful. But I just laugh when I read, like, oh, yeah, the one guy, oh, yeah, here is the upcoming, uh, the toughness that was taken in the draft this year. These guys are going to be regular fighters coming in years to come. Oh, yeah, so I, I looked it up. It was 11 guys that were listed in the draft. Um, combined, they played 20 seasons. Most of them are like two seasons each in junior. One guy played three seasons and another guy played... Uh, Wi-Fi, his brother there, played one one year. But 11 guys, so over 20 seasons combined. Yeah, 56 fights. Between 11 guys. Yeah, this is the toughness that was drafted. Oh, yeah. The one guy who led it all, uh, Dylan McKinnon from the Quebec League. In two seasons, he had eight fights. Yeah, that's that's the killer. He He led the group. Uh, Terrell Goldsmith, two seasons, had seven fights. Uh, yeah, then a couple guys with five. Kalen Lean, Lynn from the WHO, but that was in three seasons, he had five fights. Yeah. Rodwin Danaco, two seasons, five fights. Oh, yeah. Angus McDonald, McDonald, two, two seasons, seven fights. Oh, yeah, we're just, look out, boy. Here we go. Killers amongst us. I will say, Wi-Fi's brother there, what is it, what's his name, Florian, he had, in one, he had six fights this year in the OHL, holy shit, Branch will be happy, he's gone, there's one guy, who was it we were talking about today that Detroit took, oh, um, where, where was the big draft, with the, oh, the Detroit Dreadwings drafted a player by the name of Brady Cleveland, a six foot five defenseman, high pims, wherever he's played, and he has drawn comparisons to Dave Manson, Loose, loses his temper, flare-ups on the ice, etc. Uh, you know, it, it's just, uh, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that, I was reading the comments, we'll, uh, we'll find him here, um, I had to comment on this. Um, Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's just, uh, so anyway, I went and looked it up. So this kid, uh, yeah, he pl- he played in the uh, the USHL for the USA development team. Uh, he played two seasons there, has a grand total of one fight, and he wears a full cage. Yeah, so this is this is the prospect that the Wings took uh, at, that's compared to Dave Manson. Scotty, I did get everything, we have good back and forth, but come on, man. Uh, Dave Manson, yeah, maybe Dave Manson in the final six years of his career, maybe, but when he didn't fight anymore, um, you know, and, and I mean, at six five, obviously he'll fill out and everything else. But when you're wearing a full cage and there's no fighting allowed in your league, um, it's not hard to act tough. You know, if they put him in the American League or something, yeah, we'll see when he's wearing a half visor and decides to smart offer. Give a glare to one of the Glant brothers. Yeah, well, then we'll see how old uh, Brady Cleveland handles himself and his one fight with his full cage on in his career. Yeah. Of course, it was pointed out to me while Peros and Westgarth were college guys too. Well, they were. That's true. That is very true. But at the same time, before they went to college, they played in junior A leagues wearing hat visors at that time and fighting was allowed. So they had been in fights before they got to college. Now... It is rare for a college guy to come out and, like a Paros and a Westgarth, that that was their role. And they, absolutely, there was guys that, and maybe this kid will do it. Um, you know, I, I think as we go forward with these draft picks, um, you know, obviously, the, as the older guys start leaving the NHL, 
well, now that these guys are playing with their peer, like around the, like the 20 to 30 year olds that all grew up playing junior hockey with fight limits and everything else and no one really fighting anymore. Well, now they're all sort of in the same boat. Like they all have a career four or five fights as they enter the league. So, I mean, they can all learn how to fight and play slap and tickle against each other. And, you know, you don't have to deal with a Reeves or a Lucic or a, you know, a McDermott or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, you're dealing with another guy that has four fights in his life. So, um, you know, but I just sort of, and I mean, and who knows? I mean, you know, one of these, I mean, one of them, oh, that could be the next heavyweight. Well, you know, that's like, as I say, it's kind of like being King Turd of shit mountain. So, I mean, I guess. <laughs> so, but anyway, that that's what people are getting excited about for this year uh, or after the draft. But, um, well, but I will say on the enforcer front, there was some news. Um, That, uh, the, well, the, tr- that would, okay. Well, first of all, old M- Milan Lucic was, is going home, signing with the Boston Bruins. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Um, you know, back to where it all began. Um, you know, we'll see how much he's got left in the tank. Uh, I, I mean, I've always been a big Lucic fan. I really hope it works out. Um, I'm, I don't, I never looked to see what he signed for, but I mean, obviously, you know, it was probably a lower figure, but I mean, ah, we'll see. I'm, I'm glad he's still around. Uh, he might re- be a little re-energized in Boston, but I mean, you know, you get a veteran guy like that, a presence that can hit, can fight, um, you know, still one of the most feared fighters in the league and, uh, you know, brings a Stanley Cup experience, brings veteran, uh, experience back to Boston. Uh, he's familiar, obviously, so... I, I don't know. I, th- I think it was a really good, you know, I think it's a risk-free signing of Boston's part. Why not? Um, and then in other news, the Toronto Maple Leafs signed Ryan Reeves to a three-year deal at you know, $1.3 million or whatever. And, of course, the analytic nerds and the media are all crying already and, and, and all that about the, the Reeves signing. And, and even when you go on these fight groups... I, the fight fans are whining about it. That's why I always say, nobody hates fighting more than fight fans. You know, it's like, okay, so the Leafs have been pushed around forever. You bitch that they have no toughness. So they go and get arguably the toughest guy in the league. And then, oh, that's not good enough. Now, always, oh, well, he's old though. Three years, he's 37. Well, I can tell you professional athlete 37 is different than used car salesman 37. Like these guys, he's an elite athlete. He'll be fine. He's in shape, um, you know. And I'm sure even at 37, he can play six minutes a game. Um, he doesn't have to play every game. Oh, I just, I don't mind the signing. I just don't know about the money. 1.3 million. You're complaining about that. That's like a Fortune 500 hundred company complaining how much the how much an hour they're paying the janitor. Like, what's league minimum? 800. So he's getting 1.3. Uh, okay, you're, and that's your big worry of the salary cap is the 1.3 from Ryan Reeves. Okay, you know, yeah, I love these number dorks and just their, well, I'm checking the cap. That's a, that's a little bit of a hit for a nothing guy. Oh, okay, a nothing guy. Well, he's played on six teams in 10 years. Oh, yeah, well, so is Taylor Hall. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Does it matter? Like, he's, 
it's the energy that he like Mark Mayotte, the old senator player there, said the same thing. Yeah, people complaining about Reeves don't understand. Like it's what he brings, the energy to the room, and everybody will play a little taller. And yeah, is it enforcing like it was in the eighties? Well, no, but I mean he'll hit, bring an energy. I said he's not. I was telling somebody today that was crying about him. I said, well, he's not the problem though in Toronto. Like, it's the fucking lollipop guild in your top six. That's your problem. And you dropped all your money on those guys. They're not, you know, that's the problem. Oh, Ryan Reeves playing six minutes on the fourth line every third game. That, that oh, shit, that's going to break our team now? Oh, yeah. Like, wake up, you know. Like, Reeves is your problem. I said, well, shit, at least with Reeves, somebody will hit and fight now and again. Like, goddamn, at least you'll win something in the corner. Like... It'll be fine. Oh, don't worry. The Leafs will still make the playoffs and lose in the first round. <coughs> you know, because once they get to the playoffs, all oh, they'll scratch Reese for sure. So, but no, it's like it's a room signing. And of course, but again, the analytic dorks don't get it because they can't put a they can't put a number an equation to that. You know, so but whatever. I'm like, I don't know. The Leafs actually might be be able to. I was just pumped for like you know. Um, you know, for my boy Farmer Rob and Andrew out there and like the suffering Leaf fans, God, watch, at least you got somebody that'll beat somebody up in Toronto. That hasn't happened in, since Domi left, you know. So, I don't know. But like I said, I just laughed. At, everybody bitches that the Leaf for years, the Leafs had no toughness. They go get a guy and then they're still complaining. Oh, okay. Well, we could have found someone else. Oh, who? Who are you going to find? What, what? Are they going to fall out of the fucking sky? Or is it going to be Brady Cleveland and his one fight in the USHL? Is that your, you know, who? <laughs> like your leading penalty man, that guy was bunting last year. Guy's scared of his own shadow. You know, like, okay. Like, and I'm looking at the least, like, you got a bunch of, like, Laffery and stuff. Like, who are these people? Like, oh yeah, you, you want those eight pims in the lineup? You know, that'll that helps out. Oh, he scored eight goals last year. Oh, well, shit, going to the conference final now. You know, you get you, your bottom six is just cookie-cutter candy asses. Oh, they might score eight or nine goals. Oh, right on, and pick up a few secondary assists. Never go into a corner, won't fight, and get ten minutes and penalties. Holy shit. Plan the parade route. Like, no, that's exactly what's been your problem. <sighs> Idiots. But whatever. But yeah, but just to go on a fight group. Not that I was surprised, but... Because like I said, I've always said, yeah, fight fans hate fighters and fighting. You know, if there's something to bitch about in the fight group, they'll complain. You know. Oh, I still, I can't, I don't know about Reeves. Oh, well, so you'd rather him, or oh, Lucic, yeah, there we go, Boston, good one. Okay, would you rather them not be in the league? If you're a fight fan? Like, you want these guys to hang on for as long as possible. Because there ain't, there ain't, I just read these guys, there ain't nobody coming. Oh, somebody, oh, Tony was, somebody on the Nylon podcast said old Wi-Fi was the toughest guy in the league. Oh, oh yeah? Yeah, okay. Like, that's who we're clinging to these days. So I said, I don't know, because it, it was a Habs guy, was he trying to kiss Nylon's ass? Like, I, you know, I'm not knocking the kid, he's fine, but I mean, you know, right? Like, well, I think he had about five fights in his OHL career before he got to the NHL, so I mean... You know, we're not exactly dealing with Nick Fatio here or something, but all right, if you want to, if that's your tough guy coming, then right on. But, you know, so I mean, I don't know, let's, let's kind of hang on to these fighters for as long as we can, because 
once Reeves and Lucic and those guys and McDermott and, and all them get shipped out of the league, I mean, there ain't nothing happening after that. I mean, you got Delorey and stuff. I mean, I dig him and stuff, but I mean, how much longer is he going to be around for? You know, um, I mean, he's willing and stuff, but those guys are, I, like I listed like five guys and there, that's like everyone in the league, you know, the rest of them. Oh, I, I just like when the fights happen, spawn, you know, you know, and it, it's just like, oh, oh yeah, like I want to see two guys that have three career fights in their life play slap and tickle and then wrestle each other down. Oh, but it shows emotion and it's just great. Oh yeah. You know, like gone are the days of the fucking fighter, heavyweight fighters. I mean. But, I mean, I guess that's just the era I grew up in, right? I mean, you can argue that it was pre-planned or staged or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah. Was anybody upset? But Not back then. Now they get upset by it. But back then, I don't know. I don't remember going I don't remember going on the the old fight boards in, in 1999 and 2000 and anybody could play. Yeah, that fight was staged. I can't get into it. Like, I don't remember that. Now, that's the common theme now. Oh, it's after a hit. Why? And, oh, okay. You know... God, it, was the, it was the only thing anybody, the home team fans cheered for the whole night. But, you know, we got to cry that it, it seems staged. Oh, okay. You know, like I said, these, and these are fight fans. Like, I expect this out of, like, Damian Cox and James Myrtles and the Hockey News nerds. I expect them to cry about it. But when you, when you, you know, you log into the Enforcer Appreciation Group and the first three posts are, one's crying about the Reeves signing, the other one's crying about the Lucic signing, and then someone else is, there's a video of a fight from 1997 and they're complaining that it was staged. Holy shit, this is a fight group? Right on. Yeah. I'll go back to Twitter and fucking hang out with Leaf Girl 34 I mean, shit. She doesn't cry as much as these fight dorks do. But, whatever. But, we'll move on from that. One, I will say, and I'm going to have him on the show here after Ice Wars is done, but my friend, Curtis the Cowboy Swanson has hung him up. Um, he was going to participate in Ice Force 3, but um, just, you know, uh, was training, just having trouble with the training, mentally couldn't get into it, um, and decided to uh, hang him up. And at, at almost at 39 years old, he's had a hell of a run. Um, I can remember back back in the day, old old 19-year-old Curtis Swanson shows up and plays in Slave Lake with the Wolves in the uh, in the Junior B League in Alberta. My friend Kurt's coaching, he's like, you got to see this guy that just showed up from B.C., can't really skate, but he all he wants to do is sit at the end of the bench and fight. And um, and from there on, went to the LNAH and uh, had a hell of a run. I was looking up his stats. In 181 LNAH games, he had 1,341 minutes of penalties, 233 fights. And, um, and he actually was 20 years old. He started uh, in the LNAH with Saginaw and then uh, was pretty much the only guy on that team. But 20 years old, got the long hair, fighting everybody. Morasti, uh, you know, on and on. Roger Maxwell, on and on. Bajerni, Brashear, um, you know, in 04 and 05. And then uh, got traded to Laval. Uh, played a few games there. And then um, he was still 20, so he could play junior. So they actually sent him out to the Maritimes, to Campbellton, to kind of get some, you know, just to, you know, he's 20, get some ice time and, and, you know, learn the game a little bit more, and, um, yeah, and, you know, 15 games, 83 minutes, had 13 fights, and I you know, showed up with the long blonde hair, and uh, caused quite the stir in the Maritime League, for sure, they thought the boogeyman was coming, when they heard, this guy played in the LNH, and then he's coming to our league, like, and, um, 
Oh, Ryan, a goalie and yeah, a whole bunch of nonsense back then. But, uh, and then he came back and played with Laval that the next season had 74 fights that year and, um, you know, and fought everybody. And, um, yeah, I'm actually, uh, if you go back in my back catalog, um, I interviewed, I've had Curtis on the show twice, well, a couple, three times actually, but the first time, obviously I had him on, we talked about his whole career and we talked about going to the Maritimes and all that. Um, I encourage you to check out that, that interview and, uh, yeah, and he fought in, of course, these, uh, well, actually, he fought in, uh, the, uh, Ice Warriors tournament that's, that was in Finland in 2010. That's on YouTube if you want to check it out. And then he's fought in the last two, uh, Ice Force competitions. And, uh, yeah, good dude. I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone that doesn't like Curtis Swanson. Um, you talk to anybody that's, uh, played, actually played with or against them and, uh, nothing but good things. And he runs a, uh, Knuckle Busters Pipe Fitting Limited out in Grand Prairie, Alberta for all your pipe fitting needs. Uh, and he's doing, he runs a great business. He's doing well out there. And, um, yeah, it was as a fan, pleasure to watch. Um, as I said, I, I kind of watched the beginning stages from junior all the way to his final fight here in the, in Ice Wars. So, um, it was a hell, I told him, hell of a journey. Uh, you'd be proud of what you accomplished. And, um, and, and yeah, and as a, like I said, as a fan, um, it was, it was fun to watch. So thank you, Cowboy Curtis Swanson for everything. And, um, and it's been fun to, uh, to go back and forth and chat with him, texting and hanging out with him at Ice Wars. And, and yeah, good guy. And, uh, I wish him all the best, uh, going forward here with the, with the business and, and personal life and everything else. So, uh, but after Ice Wars happens here on July 15th, um, I'm going to get him on the show and we'll just kind of reflect on his career and, and, and talk about a few things. And, uh, I'm looking forward to that. So Curtis Swanson retiring and as fight fans, I think, uh, we all owe him a thank you for the entertainment at for sure. So, um, well now we're at the 35 minute mark. Should probably do some sponsorship stuff, right? And now here's a word from our sponsor. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings dot com slash sportsbook for details for state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt in required. Max bet fifty dollars. Ten plus leg required for one hundred percent boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Okay. And we're back. And, uh, according, as Thomas said, how about we look at second rounds 
Well, all right, let's look at the second rounds. I'm really gonna this. This is the lights out portion of the program. The 1978 draft. Who do we got in the second round? Kurt Fraser drafted by Vancouver from Victoria in the in the uh, Western League. Uh, undercover toughness with Kurt Fraser. Great player, had a great career. Uh, power forward. Um, unfortunately, out being out in Vancouver, a lot of his stuff, a lot of his footage really isn't out there. But uh, you know, and then he kind of you know battled with some injuries in Chicago and Minnesota at the end, but. Um, so it's unfortunate we didn't see a lot of his fights in the in the late seventies and early eighties out in Vancouver, but there's a couple out there. But uh, he beat the show of a few dudes. I'm down with Kurt Fraser. Um, we'll move on to uh, 1979 second round. Who do we got? Oh, at Boxcar Hospital, Eddie Hospital, 34th to the Rangers, out from the Ottawa, the Ontario League. 450 career games, 1,300 minutes. Um, and then Dale Hunter, 41st overall to Quebec. What a career, 1,400 games, 1,000 points, 3,500 minutes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, if you're going to battle and going into war, big game Hunter um, is definitely a guy that you, you want on your side. Um, you know, 186 playoff games, 118 points, 700 minutes. Um, multiple 20 goal years. Um, you know, not the biggest guy was a shit disturber. Yeah, he was dirty. The whole tertiary. I mean, that was brutal, but I mean, certainly played on the edge, but the guy was a money player without a doubt. 1980, Bobby McGill. There you go. Big daddy, 26 overall to Toronto. He was out of Victoria of the Western league as well. 705 career games, 1700 minutes. Yeah, he was, um, yeah, McGill, he was a bad dude. Never backed down from anybody. I was a big fan of Bob McGill. 82. Uh, I got Brian Kern from Boston, the, the Colonel. 381 games, 1,400 minutes. Yeah, never backed down. Um, you know, uh, fought everybody for sure. Obviously, uh, wasn't the, uh, you know, the most uh, exciting fighter in the world. But, uh, but yeah, he fought everybody for sure. 33rd to Montreal, David Maley, 466 games, 1,000 minutes. Yeah, he had some He had some really good tilts. Um, you know, uh, played in New Jersey for a lot of years. Uh, you know, and then San Jose, and then, uh, you know, played with the Islanders for a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, gritty guy would drop the gloves for sure. Uh, who else? Oh, well, Lyndon Byers, there you go. 39th overall to uh, Boston. Um, I think what a lot of people don't realize with Byers is how good he was. Solid player. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, injured a lot. Uh, probably didn't take things as serious. Well, he's even said this. It's not that I'm saying. <laughs> um, probably didn't take things as seriously as he should have. Partied off the ice. Uh, didn't really take care of himself. But he played on the World Junior Team for Team Canada. Um, you know, in, you know, I'm just looking at Regina. 70 game, 32 goals, 38 assists, 150 minutes. The following season, 58 games, 89 points, 154 minutes. Came back in the playoffs, played 23 playoff games, 35 points, 78 minutes of penalties. Um, you know, and then he and then he finishes the season with the Bruins at the end of the year of the at the end of his junior career. In his first 10 games with Boston, he gets six points in 32 minutes. So I mean, you know, started off strong, and even in the one year, I mean, he was injured and up and down with Maine and Moncton and blah 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 and hurt and. Whatever. Um, that 87-88 season with Boston, uh, he plays 53 regular season games, has 10 goals, 14 assists, 
236 minutes. And then, um, you know, and then it was just a bunch of injuries and, you know, probably goofing off and everything else. But he showed glimpses of it. And, uh, yeah, Byers is a real solid uh, junior player. 1983. Oh, no. oh, well, I mean, he wasn't a fighter, but Peter Zazel, rest in peace. Uh, 41st to Philly. Um, that is, here's a here's a little fun fact about the fourth line voice. As a kid, Darren's uh, first, but the first jersey I ever, not game worn, but the first jersey I ever had was a Philadelphia Flyers jersey, and it was number 25, Peter Zezel on the back. Yeah. I, I don't know why, I guess, you know, I was like 10 years old, I was impressed, I guess, but I, I remember we went to a game in Calgary live, and I remember I really liked watching him play, and then watched him on TV a few times, of course they had the big playoff series, the, the Oilers that year, and, um, you know, and he was, he was a real, real solid player, solid career, uh, you know, especially those early years in Philly, um, you know, 33 goals, 22 goals, stuff like that, um, just, yeah, grinder out, and of course he played, he was, uh, Roselli, in young blood. So there you go. Peter Zezel. Rest in peace. 1984. Oh, the bird dog, Greg Smith, 22nd to Philly, 228 career games, 783 minutes. Uh, ranks right up there with Link Gates for craziness in the American League. Um, you know, played in Halifax for a number of years, racked up 300 minutes every year. Um, had, had a run in there in the IHL, had a real solid minor league career, but good player actually in junior. Um, you know, uh, his final year in London, 46 games, 54 points, 197 minutes. I believe he, he had a lengthy suspension that year too. But yeah, known for, you know, 6'4", 230, uh, crazy dude, did some crazy shit. But um, yeah, the bird dog. 25th overall, Todd Gill, undercover toughness. Didn't fight much, but when he did, oof. Yeah, Gill could throw, man. Great fight card. Didn't back down. Um, I'm down with Todd Gill. He's cool as shit. 27th, Mellenby, another guy, Scott Mellenby, great power forward, great career, 1,400 games, 2,400 minutes. Um, yeah, his knockout of Jeff Jackson was still something, but uh, yeah, I'm down with Mellenby. He's cool, man. Um, uh, Steve Leach, you know, 700 games, 900 minutes, uh, got drafted by Washington that year. Um, you know, I know he played for Boston for a lot of years. I mean, you know... Just a hard-nosed guy, grinder guy, going to the corner, battle. I mean, was he a great fighter? Eh, no, but I mean, he'd give it the old college try. Uh, Philly, Jeff Chikrin, uh, you know, out of the OHL. Um, you know, big dude. Unfortunately, uh, you know, kind of injuries caught up to him at the end, but he had some awesome fights back in the day, man. He was a big guy. Um, had a real, had a couple real solid fights with Probert. Uh, yeah, Chikrin was a bad dude. Unfortunately, of course, he took that, you know, that... One of the vicious, most vicious one punches in fight history when he fought Troy Crowder, but uh, but outside of that though, Trickerman was a bad dude. Uh, who? What? Yeah, eighty-seven. No, no, eighty-five. Pardon me. Sean Burke, probably one of the toughest fighting goalies ever. Um, Herbie Raglan, you know, St. Louis, three hundred games, seven hundred minutes. Again, one of those undercover, you know, grinder, you know, third line guys. Uh, 84. Oh, I did already 84. What am 85? What am I doing already here? 86, pardon me. I'm, I'm all mixed up. 86. Adam, well, Adam Graves to Detroit. Uh, I bet you Detroit wishes they had that trade back. Um, again, didn't fight much, but could if you, if, if you had to, he definitely. 
30th overall, Neil Wilkinson. Yeah, out of uh, the Manitoba League. Uh, he played a season in uh, Medicine Hat. Um, yeah, big big D-man. Played uh, 460 games. Again, um, wouldn't back down. Would drop the gloves. Uh, was he a killer? No, but he's, he, uh, he wasn't a pussy, that's for sure. 30 set Hartford, Mark LaForge. Yeah, that guy. Um, of course, he was uh, suspended forever from the Ontario League for a stick incident. Um, and quickly turned pro. Uh, you know, only played, ended up playing 14 games in the NHL. You know, played a long time in the American League and then bounced around at the end with the West Coast and the Central. Um, really fell out of luck, fell, fell out with the role. Um, if anybody remembers the Tough Guys documentary, well, it's called Tough Guys. It's a documentary. Um, really actually cutting edge for the time. It's on YouTube. And it follows him around and, and Curtis Voth and Kevin Holiday and, and LaForge just talks about how he just hates fighting and tells everybody, like, he's like, yeah, don't, kids, don't do it. That it's just one long cycle. And yeah, so he, he was really bitter about it at the end, but, uh, had, had some promise. 1987. Daniel Lacroix. Yeah. Ryan McGill. Yeah. I mean, a couple, obviously some, some grinder guys. Um, my, my wife's distracting me. Keep walking by the window. 88. Uh, Troy Millette, 22nd overall to the Rangers. 456 games, 1200 minutes. Um, yeah, again, physical guy. Um, did a lot, with a lot of running around, did a lot of hitting his first year in the league, 300 minutes. Uh, him and Brad, he's a pretty solid player. He had 39 goals his final year in junior. Um, you know, and then 13 goals as rookie year at the Rangers, then 12 the next year. So, I mean, he could certainly play a little bit um, when given the opportunity. I know he was not a fan of fighting. I know that. He knew he had to do it, but I remember him being, it was in the Bad Boys books. He was like, I, I really wish they'd get rid of fighting in hockey. It's like, well, yeah, settle down, Troy. I don't think you'd be, you're okay, but you ain't making the NHL without fighting. So, but uh, 25th overall, Mark Major. He only ended up playing two NHL games with Detroit, but... Uh, Played forever in the IHL and in uh, and and in the East Coast League. Had a hell of a minor league career. Uh, put up a lot of pims. Big dude. Um, yeah, there you go. Solid solid minor leaguer for sure. Twenty uh, seventh overall to Toronto. Ty Domi. Of course, thou, every, you know. Do I really need to explain Ty Domi to you? Probably not. Um. Yeah. What a great career. Um. Oh, yeah. And then 40th to Minnesota, Link Gates. There you go. The missing link, of course, on draft day. He showed up with two black guys because him and his brother got into a bar fight the night before. A famous draft pit day pitcher. Um, as the, as uh, the, the GM of Minnesota famously said, we took uh, Mike Medano uh, in the first round to protect the franchise. And in the second round, we took Link Gates to protect Medano. And in the third round, we should have protect. We should have drafted a lawyer to protect Link. So, uh, yeah, Link Gates. I mean, that that's uh, you know, everybody knows the stories of Link Gates. Uh, Nineteen eighty nine, Paul Laws, thirty seventh overall to Pittsburgh. Uh, Five hundred thirty career games, seventeen hundred minutes. One of those guys that really goes under the radar in terms of toughness. I mean, fight. Everybody knows how tough he was, but I think he often gets overlooked. You know, he was out in Florida at the time. You know, they were, they didn't get a lot of TV coverage, etc. But yeah, he. Um, I believe he has the NHL record for most fights in a season. I, does he not? I'm, who am I asking? But I'm sort of saying it out loud. I believe he does. But um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Paul Laws. 39th LA, Brent Thompson. Again, 121 games, 300 minutes. Uh, great, great. Um, 
AHL career. Um, of course, he has gone on to coach. He, he's uh, coaching at Bridgeport Islanders the last couple seasons. Um, yeah, big kid out of the Western League, played Medicine Hat. Yeah, tough dude, man. Thompson got into some great fights. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Brett Thompson. And right after him, um, he from the Medicine Hat Tigers as well, Jason Prasovsky, 40th overall. This guy looked like he was about 36 when he played junior. Uh, big dude, 6'4", 220. Unfortunately, never made it in the NHL. Only played a couple pro seasons, and then that was it. But uh, yeah, in the in the uh, in terms of his junior career, yeah, that's, he's a bad dude, man. And like I said, he he looked like he was he looked like he had a wife and three kids, and you know, he was definitely pulling the beers on the for the for the boys back in the in, back in the junior days. Uh, the 1990 draft saw Chris Simon getting taken by Philly, 25th overall. Yeah, what a, you know, Simon, 700, I didn't, 782 career games. I didn't realize Simon actually played that many games, you know, cause he just, he battled so many injuries and shoulder problems and everything else. But yeah, that's too bad his shoulders got wonky there. But yeah, he, cause he definitely could have been a top 10 guy of all time. But, uh, you know, but great talent. Yeah. Big Chris Simon fan. Oh, 42nd overall, Taron Sandwith. Uh, for those, uh, he, he played with, towards Terry Ryan in Tri-City. Um, you know, he, uh, or maybe he didn't play with Terry Ryan. Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, where would he have played with him? Was it St. John? Yeah, it was St. John's. It was the Maple Leafs. But yeah, again, uh, old dub, old, one of those solid, gritty old dub D-men. Uh, didn't take any shit. Uh, tough guy in the American League. Did some fighting. Uh, you know, played a year over in uh, in Europe. Um, yeah, I was down with Sandwith. I know he bre- the Blades made a trade for him at the deadline, and uh, I was I was pumped to see him because I was I we went to a lot of Blades games back then, and uh, yeah, I was always down with Sandwith. He was cool as shit. Nineteen ninety one. Sorry, folks. I'd like to give you like more info on these guys, but it's like I didn't do any like prep for this. I was just like, well, we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, that Jamie Pusher, 500 games, you know, uh, just one of those salty D-men, you know, great fighter. No, but wouldn't back down. Steve Stales, another one, 27th overall in St. Louis. Another guy played a thousand games. That guy, son of a bitch. If you told me Steve Stales played a thousand games in the NHL, I'd have called you a liar. Um, yeah, but just again, wasn't a huge fighter, but wouldn't back down. You know, one of those, you know, fifth, sixth defenseman. But thousand games, man. You know, glassing out, play the front of the net tough. Steve Stales, there you go. I'm always kind of partial to those D-men. 1992. Darren McCarty, 46 overall to Detroit, taken from Belleville, the Ontario League. Yeah, again, uh, great career. Um, you know, multiple double-digit goal, 15, 19, 15, 14, 12, 13 with Detroit. Um, fighting everybody, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of think got slept on a lot from fighters, uh, but yeah, he was, he was great, man, um, actually at 92-93 with Adirondack, uh, 73 games, 17 goals, 278 minutes, just as his lone season in the minors, I have the DVD from that year, he is awesome, he fights everybody on that DVD, yeah, I'm down with McCarty, um, I'm, it, you know, he's had some rough times off the ice, you know, with the alcohol issues and bankruptcy and all that. But it sounds like he's making a comeback and he's uh, he's getting better. He's doing better. And, uh, yeah, all the best to McCarty. I mean, D-Mac, I'm a big fan. Uh, 93. 
Lee Sorkin, yeah, drafted by the Rangers, 34th overall. Uh, only played three games with Calgary, but uh, played in the American League for a while. Uh, 45 games, 200 minutes in Fort Wayne in the eye. Um, yeah, just again, you know, coming out of Leftbridge there. Uh, another guy that Saskatoon picked up at the deadline uh, from Leftbridge that I was a fan of. Uh, 24 games, 18 points, 63 minutes as a blue liner with Saskatoon his last year junior. Um, yeah, just just one of them uh, just salty bastards, right, that came out of the Western League. Who else we got? Brian McCabe, 40th from the Islanders. Yeah, 1,100 career games. Another guy had a great career. Um, yeah, again, no shit defenseman. Uh, you know, played with the Islanders, the Canucks, the Leafs for a long time. Um, you know, pick up 20-some points. 40, yeah, 53 points. The one year with the Leafs, 86 minutes, 120 minutes, 139, 123. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, he did some fighting. And, uh, yeah, I always liked McCabe. Yeah, was he like a killer? No, but, I mean, he'd fight. Shane Toporowski, there you go, from the Prince Albert Raiders. Only he managed three games with the uh with the Leafs, but uh yeah, uh power forward in the in the uh in the in his junior days, twenty-five goals, thirty-seven goals, thirty-six goals, uh hundred two hundred and thirty minutes, one eighty, one fifty-one. Um yeah, I remember PA when he played for the Raiders and he'd come and they of course that was their big rival with Saskatoon. Oh yeah, always stirred shit up with Saskatoon. I have a couple of his junior I think I have the fight with him and Belak from the Western League on my YouTube channel. Check it out. But yeah, played in the uh you know, his final year in the American League, twenty seven goals, hundred and ninety minutes with Springfield, uh, and then played a, a long time overseas. So um yeah. Solid player. Like I said, am I bo- am I boring everybody yet? 1994-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95-95
yeah, that was the end of his NHL career. He ended up playing a couple games with the, with the Oilers and then was on and just finished up with Laval in the LNAH. And, you know, um, of course, off ice, yeah, I mean, he is, he, while well, he was in jail for armed robbery, a couple bank robberies, and he's had a real battle off the ice with addiction and, uh, you know, mixing in with them, with their, you know, their tales of the mob and everything else. That's just the shady folks in Montreal. So that's, it's a real shame. And, uh, he's in a real bad place, apparently. Um, you know, from, and, you know, I hope the best for him, but, uh, he's out of jail now. I think he just got released right in the new year here. So, but, uh, yeah, again, uh, it's too bad with the drug things and everything else. But, uh, yeah, he, for his brief time in the NHL, he was a bad dude, man. Chris McAllister, 40th overall to Vancouver. Of course, I watched him play here with the Saskatoon Blades. Imagine that defense pairing, you know, Wade Belak and Chris McAllister. Yeah, what corner do you not want to go into? Yeah, 45 game or uh, played 300 NHL games, 600 minutes. Big dude. Um, I interviewed him as well on the show. If you want to go in the back catalog, um, I interviewed Chris. Really nice guy from Saskatoon here. And, uh, yeah, tough dude. Right after him was DJ Smith. Um, real tough guy coming out of the OHL with Windsor at multiple 200 minute seasons. Uh, you know, played in St. John's for a long time, put up a lot of penalty minutes in the American League. Um, you know, got it kind of got his one kind of one year with Colorado, played 34 games, but, uh, other than that, never could really kind of crack the NHL lineup, but, uh, yeah, tough dude. And, uh, he is now, of course, the, uh, he's been the head coach of the Ottawa Senators for the last few years. Nineteen ninety six. Corey Sarich, one of the biggest hitters. He got he wasn't a fighter, but he could hit, boy. Remy Royer, uh yeah, he uh just played the eighteen games in the NHL, had sixty seven minutes with the Blackhawks, but yeah, put up a lot of minutes in the minors, then went on and played in the LNAH and had an infamous puck throwing incident that's on my YouTube channel if you want to look that up. Uh, another guy, Darren Van Owen. Um, unfortunately, a lot of injuries. Never made got second round by Buffalo. Um, real shame. Real power forward guy with Brandon. Uh, 10 goals, 21, 23 goals in 51 games his last year. 161 minutes. Um, you know, would fight, wouldn't back down. Big guy, 6'4", 230. Um, but, you know, played in Rochester for a few years. Then uh, over to Providence and just uh, just couldn't crack the lineup But uh, in the NHL. But uh, great junior player. And actually has one of the most vicious knockouts, uh, the aforementioned Brett Thompson. Yeah, Van Owen really catches him in the American League. Um, yeah, so 1997. Jeremy Reach, grinder guy for the Bruins, played out in Seattle. Um, Graham Belak, uh, he uh, got taken 53rd overall by Colorado. Um, of course, they had they had taken his brother as well a couple years earlier. Um, yeah, big guy, just like Wade. Actually, I think he's, he might have been bigger than Wade. Um, you know, bounced around in the American League uh, and then played one year over in the uh, in the UK with Coventry. But uh, you know, unfortunately, never got the NHL deal. But uh, yeah, big guy, tough guy in junior. Played with uh, the Edmonton, the Edmonton Ice when Edmonton had a had a team, and then Kootenay. And um, yeah. Could fight just like his brother. 1998. Stephen Pete, 32nd overall to Anaheim. Um, you know, of course, everybody, you know, has heard the stories that, you know, uh, Pete's having a tough, tough go of it uh, with life after hockey and has, has some issues. And uh, hopefully, uh, I know people have reached out to him and I hope he can get the help that he needs. But, 
you know, in ter- you know, he came into the uh, into the Western League at 16 with Red Deer and like fought every heavyweight. I think his first fight was against like Friedrich or something, and then he fought Rocky and Parker and yeah, played in Red Deer and then Tri City, um, you know, and then Calgary at the end. Yeah, just a real big guy, tough dude. Um, you know, in his brief time with the Capitals, um, he had some great fights in Washington and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he had a real bad, I think it was a hernia injury or something. He got ended up, he ended up getting really hurt and uh, just couldn't bounce back from it. I believe it was a hernia. And, uh, yeah, just wouldn't heal. But, uh, he, of course, he infamously played seven games with Danbury. But, uh, yeah, I hope he get, gets the help he needs. But he was a tough dude back in the day, man. 34th overall to Buffalo, Andrew Peters, 229 games. Yeah, again, that big guy, uh, you know, uh, plenty of toughness, put up almost 400 minutes in Rochester, 229 games in the NHL with Buffalo, and then one year there in New Jersey. Um, yeah, bad dude, man. I mean, you know, he gets shit on by a lot of guys, um, but he had a great series of fights with Brian McGratton. He always did well against McGratton, and uh, not Peter, I know Peters has admitted to the whole steroid thing and everything else, and I've seen people kind of shit on him for that, and it's like, really, you think he's the only one? Um, he was just the only one that was honest about it. Um, but yeah, I'm down with, he was fine. He's cool with me. Although now I heard he's kind of like an anti-fighting guy. So I don't know what's all about that, but yeah, apparently that's just what I heard. He has a podcast. This guy, I believe it's called the instigators. It was with Craig Rebay. I don't know if he still does it, but, um, yeah, apparently he's mentioned that on there a few times, but anyway, moving on. Dallas 39th overall, John Erskine, again, another 491 games, 800 minutes. One of those, yeah, undercover, badass, just didn't fight a lot, but when he did, was could hit, man. He was a tough dude. Uh, really great fight that you should look up is Erskine and, and McMorrow in the in the uh, in the OHL. Great fight. Um, but yeah, he um, and then Ryan Barnes, fifty fifth overall to uh, to Detroit. Yeah, put up a ton of pims in in the OHL. Uh, a lot of minutes in the minors. Unfortunately, just got the two games in the NHL, but uh, yeah. He, he, he could, uh, he could throw down when need be, uh, 1990, whoop, I'm jumping around here, 1999, <coughs> Nolan Yonkman, big Nolan Yonkman from Kelowna, yeah, that dude was like six, well, how tall was he, he got him like six, six, 250, yeah, um, you know, played, uh, 76 games, 140 minutes, had a few fights in the, in the, in the National League, uh, you know, played in Norfolk for a few seasons, uh, you know, bounced around. But yeah, in Kelowna, yeah, just looked like a man amongst boys in Kelowna. And they had like him and Parker and like Chris Millette, like all on the same team, which is like ridiculous. Yeah, Martin Grenier out of Quebec, yeah, six five two fifty, massive dude from the Ramparts, huge penalty minutes in Quebec, two hundred and two four seventy nine three hundred two, hundred and eight and twenty eight games. Um, yeah, only played the eighteen games in the NHL. Didn't really fight much. Had a few preseason fights, but. Uh, put up a lot of pims in Springfield, a couple 200 minute seasons in the, in the American league and went over to the KHL for a couple seasons and, uh, and then actually finished up in the LNAH. Um, yeah, tough guy. Just, um, I think one of those guys just, uh, just couldn't put it all together at the NHL level, but yeah, tough dude. Brent Cloutier. There's another guy he played the minors forever, played overseas, uh, played four seasons in the, in the UK, fought everybody. Uh, put up a lot of pins in the OHL. Another guy, 6'5", 240, big dude. Um, you know, and then played in the Central League. Unfortunately, never got any NHL time. But, yeah, he was in Albany for a while. And, uh, yeah, he, he definitely put up some fights in the, in the American League, though. That's for sure. And overseas. 
Uh, 58th overall to Montreal, Matt Karkner. Yeah, 237 NHL games. Of course, he is coaching Orlando now. Uh, great interview with him on Joe's Coliseum Chronicles podcast. Matt Karkner, captain with the Peets, had a great career in junior. Uh, played, played forever in Cleveland with the Barons in the American League. Put up a lot of minutes there. Uh, you know, then had a, had a run with Ottawa for a few seasons and finished out with the Islanders. But he was a bad dude, man. Him and Colt Nor had wars and knocking each other out and undercover tough and had a great fight with Engelstad and the Miners. Kartner is a bad dude, man. Even Morasti commented the other day about Kartner and said, yeah, he could really hit. So yeah, Kartner is a bad dude for sure. I'm a big Kartner fan. 2000. Nope. Well, like I always say, once once you start getting into the 2000s, it starts to get a little, uh, you know, a little slim shady. Uh, Chris Thorburn, 50th overall. Above. I like Thorburn. Grindy guy. 800 NHL games. Um, I was, it was really cool in St. Louis. Their cup run brought him up from the minors, um, you know, to have him around. Just, you know, a room guy. Uh, you know, played with the Thrashers. And, uh, yeah, just a grinder guy would fight if he had to. 6'3", 230. He's a big guy. Um, you know, again, was he going to you know, was he the massive kingpin fighter? Well, no, but certainly wouldn't back down. No, he, Thorburn's all right in my books. All right, 2002. I'm like quickly kind of scrolling, so I apologize if I happen to miss somebody. 2003. Shea Weber, Nashville, 49th overall. That's a hell of a pick. Get Shea Weber in the second round. 2004. Like I said, we'll kind of we'll kind of wrap it up at the pretty quick here because you know. Yeah. Couple more. 2005. Anything happening in 2005? Adam McQuaid, 55th to uh, Columbus, 500 games, 690 minutes. Darth Quader, um, and Bo- you know, had a, of course, had a lengthy career in Boston. And, uh, yeah, you know, solid, solid D man out from the Maritimes. Um, yeah, I was down with Adam McQuaid. Uh, Matt Cassian, 57th overall to Minnesota. Yeah, that's when Minnesota went on this run where we're going to draft the, <laughs> the biggest and toughest guys in the Western League. Um, yeah, Kamloops Blazers, uh, probably the toughest guy in the in the Western League that year, him or Lucic. And, uh, you know, played ended up with 76 games, 177 minutes. Uh, you know, played a bunch of games with Minnesota and then a few with the Ottawa Senators. Um, yeah, tough dude. I, I was talking to I'd like to get Cat. He has a podcast too, but I'd like to get him on the show and, and, and talk to him about his, about his career. I was a big Cassian fan. Uh, you know, he started with the Vancouver Giants, of course, with Tony and Chris and those guys out there. And they, yo, you gotta see this Cassian guy and, uh, bad dude, man. 2006. Milan Lucic, 50th overall to Boston. There you go. Um, I, I, I've said this a number of times in the show when I, when, when his names come up. Um, I never, I never expected, like, I thought maybe he'd make the NHL, but I thought he'd be like, I always said Lucic to me would be Chris Neal. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's, you know, and, you know, a six to six to ten goal guy, you know, ten fights a year, 
That's what I kind of thought. But yeah, when it, so when he came with Boss, all of a sudden he scored like 36 or something. It was like, God damn, really? So yeah, he's had, uh, he's had a lot. I mean, I know the last few years have been a little rough. And of course, the contract, oh, he's brutal. I mean, it's more of his contract and everything. I, he's got a good agent. What can I say? Um, but yeah, he, um, he's had a hell of a career. I'm, I'm a big, massive Lou Cheech fan. I hope he really, uh, you know, his last run here, you know, getting picked up by Boston again. I hope he has a, I hope he has a hell of a run. Uh, 2007 draft, 61st by the LA Kings, Wayne Simmons. Again, great career, 1,000 games, 500 points, 1,300 minutes. Uh, played forever in Philly and then the last couple of years here in Toronto. Uh, kind of a rough little way to go out. You know, dude's 34 now. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, put dirt on him or anything and say he's over the hill. But, uh, you know, the last couple of years have been a little rough, but... Uh, yeah, he's he's he had a hell of a career, man. You play a thousand games in the league, you're uh, you know, you know, no no, they can't say too much to you. Uh, two thousand and eight. I mean, at this point, what are you know, what are we really doing? Uh, I'll go to two thousand and ten, and then we'll shut it down. Two thousand and nine, because after that, I'm not gonna, I'm I'm barely knowing anybody at this point. Oh, Kyle Clifford, thirty fifth overall to L.A. Yeah, he's had a seven hundred fifty three uh, career NHL games. Uh, came out of Barry. Um, yeah, tough guy. I mean, you know, fight everybody, uh, you know, uh, physical dude. I mean, you want those guys in the league for sure, you know. Um, again, is is he a killer? No, but, I mean, solid. 2010, we'll do the last, for the last one here. And, yeah, I don't know anybody on that list. So, yeah. Well, I, oh, uh, no. Nobody. But anyway, we'll wrap we'll 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 wrap that up at the uh, you know a little over an hour. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just kind of I'm sorry if I bored people, but I don't know. I kind of like going through the draft. And thank you, Thomas. That was a good idea. If anybody has heat with that segment, go go talk to Tommy on online. Uh, it was his idea. Um, but anyway, folks, uh, I can see the wife's getting the lawnmower out and shit, so I got to go do that. So. Um, I, w- I hope everybody has a great Canada Day, or ha- well, I guess you're listening to this on Sunday, so had a great Canada Day, I hope the hangover's not too strong. July 4th, I hope everybody uh, down in, down south uh, enjoys, be safe, and uh, we'll talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?